I'm going to uh, ask John uh, to join us. Um, as you know, over the last number of weeks, we have been asking a number of people within our church community to come and lead us in prayer, prayers for others, uh, just to help us, I suppose, open our minds, remind ourselves of what's going on beyond the four walls of this building and our own church community. So, John, I'll ask you to come. Thank you. So when Dave asked me to lead in prayer this morning, to be honest, I hesitated a little bit because my thoughts on prayer have changed so much in recent times, um, away from the old strict religious upbringing that I had where everything was so black and white and there wasn't even any room for ambiguity and you were kind of taught that as long as you used the right words and, you know, remained in the right posture and addressed God in the right way, then prayer almost worked like magic and divine power would be placed at your disposal. But as I've got older and seen that the world is a lot more layered than that, my thinking around it has changed a lot. So just to lead us in this time together, I want to just bring before you two images that I, two metaphors or images that I find really helpful in the actual concrete practice of what it means to pray. And the first one is that of an unclenched fist. You know, think of how many times in a day or a week or a month you clench your fist in anger or in control or fear maybe or possessiveness. A clenched fist is a symbol of defiance or ownership or almost threatening behavior at times. And I guess I used to think that prayer was a little bit like that almost banging down a fist and almost dictating to God what way you wanted him to answer your prayers. But I've since learned that actually true prayer is the opposite of that. That prayer is actually when you renounce those things. That prayer is when you actually have your fists unfold and your defenses come down and your walls crumble a bit and you open up your hand to God and almost like you're willing to give up or at the least to let those things be seen, your pride, your control, your jealousy, your resentments, your disappointments, your disillusionments, to unclench the fist. And to me, that's a posture of vulnerability because in that, then you're kind of letting yourself be seen, all that's in your mind, all that's in your heart, your joys, your griefs, your losses, your loves, your sorrows, to really let what's in your mind and heart be seen. It's a place of vulnerability, but it's also a place of receptivity because how can you receive when, you're, when your fist is clenched? And it kind of reminds me of the old poem of Martha Snell Nicholson where she wrote, one by one he took them from me, all the things I valued most until I was empty-handed and every glittering toy was lost. And I walked earth's highway grieving in my rags and poverty until I heard his voice inviting, lift your empty hands to me. And as I lifted them toward heaven, he filled them with a store of his own transcendent riches till I could hold no more. And so at last I comprehended with my stupid mind and dull that God could not pour his riches into hands already full. And so, just in this moment, I want you to, you know, maybe inwardly, not 
externally, but inwardly almost unclench your fist. And let me lead you in this prayer by Henry Nouwen. Dear God, I want so much to be in control and I want to be the master of my own destiny. And still I know that you are saying, let me take you by the right hand and lead you and accept my love and trust that where I will bring you and the deepest desire of your heart will be fulfilled. And so Lord, unclutch my hands and open them to receive the gift of your love. The second image is not just an unclutched fist, but an uplifted heart. You know, it's really strange that we all think that the appropriate posture for prayer is to bow your head and close your eyes. But it's interesting, I was reading recently that many in the early church refused to bow their heads when they prayed because to them to bow the head was a sign of shame. When you bow your head and you can't look at someone else in the eyes because when you look at them in the, eye, in the eyes, you see back the reflection of your own self-loathing or self-disgust. And so the early church lifted their heads because they said all around us were surrounded by glory. And there's a biblical precedent for that, as you know, the Psalms, I lift up mine eyes unto the hills. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. In John's Gospel, it said, and Jesus lifted his head and said, Father, the hour has come. And so the heart always follows the eyes. And so for me, true prayer is when your heart is lifted up. And sometimes that, in fact, most times that comes without language. That even gets unaccompanied by words. But you know, in this moment, I think of the advice of one of the matron saints of the church, Annie Lamott, where she said that essentially all prayer can be distilled down into three small words. Woe, W-O-W, help, and thanks. Woe, a moment of awe, amazement. Help, a plea, cry for yourself, for others. And thanks, genuine sense of gratitude. And so just, I want to invite you to lift your heart just now. And I want you to consider, what is your woe moment right now? What is it that makes you catch your breath? Sunrise, sunset, the laughter of your child, the wrinkles on the hand of your elderly parent, the surprises of God in your life, the ways in which you see him working in your life or those of others. Steve said, the revelation of God in Christ. What is your woe moment? Lift it up. What is your help prayer? What's going on right now that's hard, or scary for you or for others? Is it troubled kids? Maybe a fractured relationship? Maybe a heart today torn by grief or loss. Maybe it's the situation with the virus, fear about future health, financial worries. Maybe it's the world around us, the injustice that we see in it. Lift up your help prayer.
What's your thanks moment? What's, what are you grateful for right now? Is it for that one that showed up when nobody else showed up? For that one that stayed and went over and above whenever everyone else walked away? Is it for that provision that came at just the right time? Is it for a moment of grace or a sense of restoration or an exhale of hope as you think about the future? What's your thanks moment? Lift it up. And so in the words of the old Anglican preface, lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God, for it is right and meet to do so.